PHLY Eagles podcast on a Monday afternoon. Bo Wolf joined by Zach Berman, the world traveler, the weary world traveler. Zach, it's uh, we we appreciate you. You really put yourself through the ringer. Thank you for being here. Thrilled to be here. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now, but in this seat, talking Eagles with you and with Julia producing. I don't believe that. Well, I, I haven't seen my wife and kids yet, so it'd be nice to see them. But right. I'm saying, but this is. But also, uh, what if I said that you could have an exclusive interview, sit down okay. with Jeffrey Lurie for 95 minutes? Yeah, I would take that. Yeah, I would take that. Okay. Um, I but, think I could come up with a lot of things that you would take over this, but well, my, that doesn't mean that you're not happy to be here. Yeah, my point is, is that I'm thrilled to be here, right here, right now, talking Eagles Cowboys, uh, trying to provide a sense of uh, perspective, I would say. And, while also being realistic, and okay. and uh, yeah, this is this is part this is part of being every week this, is a season. Every week is a season, and I I always after big losses, I always uh, I say big road losses, I always land in Philadelphia, and I look up, and I make sure the sky's not falling, mm. and the sky was there, and the city was not burning, like the the world's going on, right? And uh, this is a new week. It's a new season. It's a new opportunity. But there is much to discuss. All right. Well, so we've got a lot to talk about, about the uh, ramifications of the Eagles' loss yesterday. What are the things that we are most concerned about? Maybe some leftovers that we didn't get to talk about in the postgame show on offense and defense. We're going to talk a little bit about Nick Sirianni. Now, I, don't get ahead of yourselves, people. The hot seat question mark is just a, it's a topic starter. I want to know. I want to I sort of delve into the, the real muck of the Negadelphian and if things get bad over the course of the rest of the season what kinds of changes might we expect i'm not saying that nick sirianni is on the hot seat but we'll get to that conversation we will uh, close the book on goose wisely and our roster draft the biggest blowout in roster draft history i think it's fair to say but uh we got a lot to talk about zach how, how were your travels how were my travels my travels there unfortunately Delayed. More or less or fewer uh, minutes of sleep than uh, yards gained by the eagles what were the Eagles' total yards gained? The Eagles gained in this game I'm, I'm, 324 yards. And I'm pulling up my uh, ring right now, or my, my Aura Ring app right now. I slept one hour and 58 minutes. Okay. So there's your answer. So 118 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nothing on the plane. Uh, I tried. I dozed. Too many off. people asking you to pick up their hat. No, no I, I had a window seat this time, so that was not the case. Okay. Uh, I dozed off before the plane was up in the air. Then when it was up in the air, I had some thoughts ruminating, and I pulled out the laptop, and I was, I went on Wi-Fi, and before you knew it, the plane landed. So. Wow. There you go. Uh, all right, Zach. Do you want to do a little uh, Stone Cold Newsman? Is there anything to, to discuss that ha- has happened since we last spoke? No, late, well, uh, late that la- or early this morning, rather. So today's different than a typical Monday because a typical Monday we would be 
coming here after speaking to Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni is not meeting with reporters today. He's meeting with reporters tomorrow. This is the byproduct of a long week, a long night of travel. Uh, they pushed it back a day. So we will speak to, to Nick on Tuesday. We will speak to coordinators on Wednesday. Um, I, I think the, the big injury of note is Reed Blankenship uh, will be in the concussion protocol. So uh, Nick Sirianni tends to treat concussion protocol players like he's not allowed to even acknowledge anything. I mean, that's how he treats most injury-related players. Good point. Uh, so nothing uh, as far as hard news to report here, uh, but curious to see this this week uh, if, if Blankenship can be back. He has an extra day, which can help, but certainly that's important. Cam Jurgens is injury, but like Cam Jurgens, he, he returned to the game. Okay, so, so tell me this. When, when you're, uh, you, you desperately need sleep, you're sitting on that plane, <laughs> And your mind is wandering. Mm-hmm. Something is popping into your head. What is it that's popping into your head? What What is it that about the Eagles that is that is keeping you from getting the sleep that you need? Well, I I didn't read every story yet, so I I wanted to go through to see what different people were uh, were writing about the team, and then there were numbers that I wanted to go through. Uh, I'd like to go through you know some of the stuff from the day before, and so was doing that and had some some tweets that I wanted to uh, put out there. Oh, you had some tweets, okay. Yeah, point differential tweet. Uh, and I, I wanted to see the historical context of the Eagles' point differential through 13 games right now. And if you believe in point differential, what Nick Sirianni said he doesn't think that's a stat that is suggestive of much, but if you believe it is a suggestive stat, I got bad news for you. This team is most comparable through 14 weeks to the 2016 Eagles. Mm. Okay, a team that finished seven and nine. Uh, they're a complete outlier of like the double-digit wins through this period. Yes. And when you look at the two Super Bowl teams during the past twenty years, the 2017 team and well, three Super Bowl teams, last year's team, the 17 team, the 2004 team, both those teams were like hundred plus in a season. Eagles right now way. at twenty-one. Yes. So. It, uh, I understand that you know I, re- I received a response. Point differential doesn't matter. This isn't this isn't like the, you know European soccer or you know yeah. where like goal differential or, or I should say European football. Sounds like a uh, sounds like a smart person who responded to you. Sounds like a smart person. <laughs> yeah. Was that you? Was no. That, oh, I'm I, I'm I'm I have your back here. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but. Um, yeah, so you're I, not saying that, that that's how they should order the standings. No. It's a, it's a it's a, a statistic that is descriptive of the overall quality of play over the course of the season. Exactly, and they're especially 11th when you, in the league, and and over the course of the season, they look sort of like the like 10th or 11th best it, team in the, in the league. That's fine. They have won these one yeah. score games. That's the reason they're 10 and three, and they have a chance to be the one seed. It doesn't mean that that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, and and by the way, the the reason why that might matter is for what we've seen during these past two weeks. When you think a team is kind of outplaying their record, or, or I'm sorry, their their records outplaying what you see on, on in, in front of you, similar to the Minnesota Vikings last year, point differential often tells that story. And when you think, like San yeah. Francisco... We don't need to be fighting these these yeah. these battles okay. again in like but, 2023. But like San Francisco this, and Dallas... stuff is real. San Francisco and Dallas are, atop, are like way atop of that list, and we've seen the past two weeks what San Francisco and Dallas yes. can do here, right? So uh, Now, there are, you can counterbalance it by the strength of schedule. The Eagles sure. have played a more difficult schedule than those teams. 
but the truth is somewhere in the middle there. Exactly. So I was I was curious to see the historical context of of, of that, and there were just I was there were a handful of the, of different things that I was uh, looking forward to reading and researching, and I just couldn't you know when I tried closing my eyes, I was thinking about the Eagles, and so. Uh, Emily would, would would tell you that's not abnormal for me. Right. Yes. <laughs> we need to find you some kind of um, medicinal cocktail that's going to help you sleep. Honestly, uh, and and she would tell you this. It's like The Office and The West Wing. You know, if I put an Office episode on or I put a West Wing episode, why don't you on, do that on the plane? I could, I suppose. Yeah. And trick yourself. Yeah. Watch The Office. And, and I know that Emily would tell you. You know, we're 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 pushing the water, but like. Sleep is the most important thing for your health. Oh, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think I need to sleep more, and it's been uh, reinforced to me in very, um, uh, very like simple, clear way that I need to sleep more. Yes. What does that mean? Like, <coughs> excuse me, there was no equivocation about it. It's like, this is ridiculous. Like, you I, wear this. I agree. You wear this on your finger to keep track of, of, of your sleep. The whole purpose of that is supposed <laughs> to be to help you. And instead, you view it as, like, some, a like... Badge of honor. Badge of honor. Yeah. Like, look, I'm, I'm, I, I slept a combined... 18 hours last week and I did this and she's like there's there's no award for you for production and for, there's no like there's there's no metric for like production per right. hours of sleep it's right so yeah I, I I hear it quite a bit but ever since hashtag team Emily ever since you and Jamie asked me uh, about my sleep compared to Nick Sirianni's sleep I kind of have viewed that as like a personal challenge like you know oh, how you're trying oh, to out, you're trying how to Nick's competitive <laughs> like this is my competitiveness I'm like yeah Nick you slept in your office all right well I didn't sleep on C on C eight C on the way home so that's pretty good yeah I feel like, uh, you know, competition over sleep, Zach, is a little bit in your wheelhouse. I like that transition there uh, because wheelhouse is a great place to go. Uh, I, as I said last week, this is the time of year when we're all getting our gifts and or, or giving out gifts. And if your kids are like my son, then cards and collectibles are a great gift and even if if you not just your kids but if you're like my son cards and collectibles are a great gift because wheelhouse is the go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the delaware valley their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all they carry all of your favorite card brands like tops chrome baseball and mosaic football as well as t-shirts hats and hoodies from brands like mitchell ness 47 brand junk food starter and Shy Vintage Sports, my favorite one on that list. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in-store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. Meanwhile, FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, and it's holiday season. You got overalls, you got hoodies, you got hats, you got sunglasses, you got bags, everything. You need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. I told a story on the post-game show last night of the DFOP sicko who sent us a nice picture of him in his brand new Eagles overalls that he purchased from Foco. 
It's it's spreading the nation. This is yeah. You know what? You either get on board or you get out of the way. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. Zach, you want to talk offense or defense first? Let's go offense. Okay, let's go offense. Or, wait, when's the Sirianni discussion? I figured we'd talk a little bit about the game, and then okay. we can get into Sirianni. Yeah. I mean, we can all li- we can make it all part of the same thing. What do you want to do? A little tease there. That's dessert. So I, I like that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the offense. Mm-hmm. Now, three costly fumbles in this game. No touchdowns. As you thought back on that game, as you couldn't sleep on the flight, are you putting more on Jalen Hurts, more on the offensive scheming, and what portion of the offense, like uh, how, how much of the blame for the, the blowout loss do you feel like they, they deserve? Well, I'll handle the last part first, quite a bit, because I know the defense is, is, is I know the defense gets a lot of the blame because uh, they can't stop anyone right now, it seems. The offense literally didn't score a touchdown. They did not get into the end zone. So I understand, even if, even if the defense held uh, the Cowboys to one score, right? That's more than the Eagles scored. <laughs> I mean, the Eagles, had, the Eagles offense produced two field goals. That's it. That's it. Two field goals. Uh, this is bad. And, and so where does that blame go? Okay, look, I understand Brian Johnson gets the wrath of the, of the, of the fan base uh, and, and or Nick Sirianni. I was speaking to some of our colleagues out there who were not happy with the way the wide receivers played yesterday. Okay, I've heard uh, sentiment, whether it's by email or DM or text message, that the, flex. Uh, yeah, flex, that the offensive line, what happened to the best offensive line in football? But you know whose name I very seldom hear in this? Yeah, I know who Jalen you're gonna, I know you're gonna say, and I don't agree with that. I feel like I, I feel like the chat is filled every game with Jalen Hurts is a high school is a is a college quarterback. You'll never win with him. I, I see lots of criticism of Jalen Hurts. I actually I'm not reading or hearing much criticism of Jalen Hurts. I'm, I keep hearing Brian Johnson. Like uh, I see lots of Jalen Hurts. Criticism. Jalen Hurts went 18 to 28 yesterday uh, for 197 yards. Uh, in back-to-back weeks, he's been outplayed by Brock Purdy and by Dak Prescott. Both those guys are really good quarterbacks, top, you know, the MVP frontrunners, right? But Jalen Hurts is the franchise quarterback. Um, I said this on the show the other day. You want, Jalen, you want to win games because of Jalen Hurts, not with Jalen Hurts, because of Jalen Hurts. You want Jalen Hurts to go against Dak Prescott, to go against Patrick Mahomes, to go against Josh Allen. To go against Tua, to go against Brock Purdy, for that matter, to go and 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 win because of him. Uh, and I thought the fourth quarter in overtime against Buffalo, that's exactly what he did. He carried that team. He was the MVP. I didn't think I saw enough of that yesterday. Uh, if you look at the advanced metrics, they're not particularly good for him. If you look at something like off-target pass percentage, okay, fourteen point eight percent, his highest of the, of the year. You talk about third downs. Third downs are big down, right? Uh, he was, let me give you his, his third down numbers yesterday. He was three of seven on third down, three of seven, three completions, 42.5, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 42.9%, the worst of his season. Uh, I understand there were two costly drops there. They weren't both on third down, but um, I just have to look that up. 
but uh, he could have used more help from the, from the wideouts. I just didn't think Jalen Hurts played well enough yesterday for the Eagles to win that game. And schematically, there are certain things they could do. Uh, but also, the turnover rate is exceedingly high right now for what it's been in the, in, in the past. Jalen touches the ball on, 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 on every play. If you're of the opinion that coaching is the problem, I'm going to give you an expression that you often hear. Sometimes the player needs to overcome coaching, okay? And I'm not seeing that enough. Uh, so I'm not saying, like, Jalen Hurts is bad. I'm not saying I, – I actually think Jalen Hurts is an exceptional quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts has the makeup that, that, that you want. I think Jalen Hurts is worth every penny that they gave him. Uh, but I also think that when Jalen Hurts doesn't play well, he's, he's not, he's not Im- uh, immune to criticism. And I don't think Jalen Hurts played well enough in that spot yesterday, and he didn't play well enough the week before, and they need more from Jalen Hurts if they are going to fulfill their expectations or fulfill what they can be as a team. Khalif is saying I should have seen the chat last night. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with your general point that he's not playing well enough. I did not think that he was the problem yesterday, aside from the fumble on the opening drive, which is, a, which is an enormous play, and he continues to make these like unforgivable sin plays in big moments in big games. There's the Jets game, there's the, the Patriots game, the ball is in his hands, and he's, he's doing the thing that you cannot do. That is a, a serious thing that needs to be corrected, and he's had fumbling issues throughout his career. He's been a little bit less lucky with the recovery this year than in years past, but that's a, that is a real thing. I did not think that he was that – I didn't think, think that he was even bad yesterday. I thought he was very bad against the Niners. I thought he was okay yesterday. Now, just by success rate, it was, his, it was a top five game of the season for him. The EPA numbers are way lower because he also gets dinged for the fumbles by A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. He had one himself, obviously. Um, and they didn't score any points, right? So that's, that's a big factor. Mm-hmm. He very well could have thrown a touchdown to Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith could Fair. have caught that ball, Fair. right? Um, I thought there were some other plays. You know, there was the, there's the drop by A.J. Brown. Um, I didn't think that he was that bad. Now we can get into some of the, like, the blitz conversations. And also one, one criticism that I do have of Jalen Hurts, and it's hard to decide how much of this is a offensive scheme, problem or a Jalen Hurts problem but like you know we saw last week when he just he's not willing to throw the ball to Jack Stoll even though he's wide open I know that Nick Sirianni wants the offense to funnel through A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard but to go through an entire game for him to throw 28 passes as you said and every single one of them is to only those three guys I just think you're forcing yourself to play left-handed or or, uh, uh, shorthanded rather okay and like you are just every play you have five eligible receivers and you're just not even caring about two of them you're you are making things more difficult than they need to be there and i think that this is a little bit more of an offensive scheming thing than a jillian hurts thing because it doesn't seem like they are easy throws but i also do think that he he would rather throw the ball to aj brown in tight coverage than you know like where's deandre swift in the passing game mm. right now right uh, or, you know, Jack Stoll if he's, if he's open for seven yards. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad decision, but in terms of, like, forcing the defense to respect every blade of grass, right, they're not doing that. I agree. Now, it'd be hypocritical of me because I'm of the opinion that every time you throw it to A.J. and Devontae and Dallas Goddard, it's better than passing it to any of those other guys. Uh but 
The evidence shows last night. All the all his passes went to those guys. The the only other target was Alamari Zacchaeus from Braden Mann, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it, and and they did not get into the end zone, so it did not work well enough last night. You're dealing with the evidence from last night, so I I hear you there. I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, dis, I'm not disputing that. Uh, I just think fundamentally, like you got to take care of the ball. You got like I'm not. I, I totally agree. So, with that. so that's where. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, that there is some part of this offensively, and whether it's the play design from Sirianni or the play calling from Brian Johnson, when you lose as, when you lose as, as bad as the Eagles lost, everybody has a part in it. Everybody does, right? It, it, it's never just one person. Uh, we have a super chat here. Ooh, a super chat. Uh, ZB, the press needs to hold Roseman to account. We don't get to talk to Howie that often. Um, this is from MBD. B-D-B-F. Did I do that correctly? Michael Bolton does beautiful drawings, but fairly. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't land that, you know, and I, I, I was almost there. Okay. Uh, Michael Bolton's your go-to MB? It's the first one that came to mind. Interesting. You're a Michael Bolton fan? Yeah. The one from the office space. I is there like a Michael Bolton song that comes? I don't know any. Michael Honestly, Bolton I song. don't know anything about Michael Bolton other than oh, Office Space. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And also that one uh, uh, Lonely Island video he did the, with Andy Samberg. I don't know that one either. Okay. Michael so, Bolton. So ZB, the press needs to hold uh, Roseman to account. There's a couple. There's a couple dangerous ones in there that Look, I'm trying to to avoid. Uh, what comes? What does come to my mind? A few things here. Um, I know this isn't Howie putting that up there because Howie would tell you that the press has held him to account quite a bit. Yeah, too he would, much, yeah. Uh, he would even suggest unfairly at times. Uh, I, I think, I do think it's a, it's a little premature to have a roster composition uh, conversation, but oh, I don't know about that. But I, I, I think Howie assembled a good roster. I think that the there was a miscalculation. In the second, with with some of the moves in the secondary, I think uh, they they do look older than, and this is this is something that that you and I both talked about when they brought back both Slay and Bradbury. We you know, and we even said like for this money, could you have signed a twenty five year old? And I know that there was a there was a pushback like who's the twenty five year old? And I I mean I thought Byron Murphy was a guy they they could have targeted. Now one could say Byron Murphy's not particularly fast, but I, I just thought that uh, at that position, is it wise to go with two guys over 30, right? And that was a deliberate decision they made on both those guys this year. Um, you could have also, you know, you could have drafted Joey Porter Jr. instead of Nolan Smith. Um, hmm. You know, yeah. you, you could have used a, a different, you could have used your draft picks in a different way. Sure. Knowing that the secondary was old. You, you know, you had Sidney Brown in the third round. That's that's one player there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a, but honestly... I think Howie's done a really good job, um, and I. But so I, then, so then, let me ask you that. Let's yeah. let's let's dip our toes into the Sirianni thing here, okay? Zach, because let's let's just presuppose that the Eagles finish the season two and two, okay? They lose to Seattle and they lose one of the final three games that are supposed to purposely, be or they or they or, or they just lose. They lose. Okay. They lose. So so not like they sit their starters. Correct. Yeah. Okay. They go two and two of okay. their own volition. <laughs> okay. They finish as the five seed and they lose in the first round of the playoffs, on the road to you know, I guess they're in you know Tampa Bay or something like that. They they flame out. Okay. Okay. 
are you putting more blame on the coaching staff or on the roster construction? Because we know that that is not going to be acceptable to Jeffrey Lurie. No, that's true. Right? True. I agree with you there. Uh, I would put the blame probably on the coaching staff and the players at that point. Um, but I would also say, like, if you win 12 games, now an early exit, especially a loss to an NFC South team, is that's, that's unacceptable given the context of the season. Unacceptable, is, I think, is a fair term to use. I would also say, like, man, you won, what, uh, you went to the Super Bowl last year. You're the best team in the league. You followed that up with a 12-win season. Um, like, count your blessings, I, I, I would say, too. Now, if you notice, I would say fix this regression. Figure out what went wrong late in the year. Like, Chip Kelly went 10-6, and 10-6. and six, But that second 10-6 and six year, you saw some, some troubling warning signs, right? Uh, so I, I would say, you know, act be proactive in, in terms of how you address it. But I, I have a tweet up now that I, I think is important for context, and that is 10 years ago, the 2013 season. I fly back from Dallas, and this city is over the moon enthused. The Eagles had just won a game over the Cowboys. I remember that gate at DFW. I remember it vividly. They, it was like a party in that gate. I remember putting on sports radio when I landed. I took like a 6 a.m. flight back, and I got back, and Angelo was still on, and, and uh, oh, my God, they were ready to erect a statue for Chip Kelly at that point. The Eagles won their 10th game that day. Their 10th game. The Eagles won their 10th game this year before Thanksgiving, right? Um, yeah, right? I'm, I'm trying to... Let's just say yes yeah, for yeah, the sake of argument. before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, like some, and I, I get it with expectations, like with success comes expectations, but our friend, I was going to say our old friend, he's still our friend, Shio Kapadia, he always you're talks calling, to, You're just calling him old. <laughs> she always, she makes a great point that like nothing's more fun as a sports fan than the come out of nowhere year. Right. And I wouldn't even frame it like the come out of nowhere year. Like last year they had expectations, but the climb is always more fun from a, a sports fan perspective. And I would say, like, covering the team, too, than, like, trying to stay at the top. Trying to stay at the top. Well, anything like, is more fun when it exceeds your expectations. Sure. So, so that's where, like, this year— But that doesn't mean that they couldn't have exceeded expectations this year. And they, in and order they, to and exceed expectations well, this year, they would literally need to win the Super Bowl. Like, it is a, it is. I don't necessarily know that I, I think that that's true. I mean, if, if they went to the NFC Championship game and lost to the 49ers— this city would be furious. They'd be like, you beat the 49ers now, last year? I, if they had, if they had a, a 125 plus point differential and they were blowing teams out and they looked like one of the best teams in the league and they just they, they ran into a buzzsaw in, in the NFC Championship game, yeah, that would be disappointing, but that would feel a lot different than what it does right now, where I think the existential question is like, are we even any good? Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. 
And I would say they're they're ten and three. They've beaten Kansas City. They've beaten Miami. They've beaten Dallas. They've beaten Buffalo. What more do they need to show? Like I get it. They've lost. I mean, not get their doors blown off in the lost, two most important games of the season. They've lost the most important games in the next game. But uh, I mean, not <laughs> literally not. I mean, they lost two bad. They have two bad losses. I'm not defending it. I'm not rationalizing it. They got their butts kicked in. They got they got their their as Fletcher Cox said, um, they got punched in the mouth and they're bleeding. That is clear. There is no defending that. I would also say take a step back. There are about twenty five NFL franchises who would kill for your problems today. Who and I, I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying that to our audience. Like. Uh, the, this is this is the NFL's version okay. of caviar. Well, Jeffrey Lurie doesn't think that of himself as one of the all, uh, you know the same standards as the other thirty two or the other thirty one owners, right? Yeah, this is but a I, team with high expectations. This is a team that he's paying a lot of money for. Sure, that, you know has high expectations. And if again the 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 stakes here are if they do go two and two and and flame out of the playoffs, right? And this mm-hmm. is a bit of a disastrous end of the season. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if that happens. You have covered Jeffrey Lurie for a long time. You are very familiar with the arc of his ownership. Yes. How do you think he would respond to that? I think we, we are hearing up. like uh, yeah. Derek Gunn has a report today from people from players in the locker room who are, who are saying that they are uh, unhappy with how predictable the offense is. That the wide receivers are running the exact same routes every time, mm-hmm. and they need to like they need to be more creative on offense. That stuff is already starting. Yeah. And rightfully so. Their offense played like crap. They did not score a touchdown. Jeffrey Lurie would be pissed, and and he would have every right to be pissed. And he might demand changes, but I don't think that changes the head coach. I really don't. And nor do I think that discussion is relevant at this point. What, what, what you need to do is you need to identify the reason why, and you can't let off the hook your $255 million quarter, or your $250 million plus dollar quarterback. Yeah, but he's not going anywhere. I know he's not, but accountability isn't just to those guys upstairs. Accountability has to be to the guys downstairs too, right? Uh, I mean, I feel strongly in that. So, uh, yeah, it's—, it's yeah. Uh, again, I am not saying that like Nick Sirianni is going to be fired, nor should he be. His his track record over the first three years of his head coaching tenure speaks for itself. He is going to be one of the only head coaches to exceed the the preseason yeah. win totals all three years. It's going to be him, McCarthy, and Mike Tomlin if they get like one more win. He has done an outstanding job, but of Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, and Howie Roseman. I think we can agree which one of those is the least safe. Yeah, but why is it a matter of like one? I'm just saying. No, I know. We're going down this this dour road because it's a Monday after their second straight blowout loss. We've got four shows the rest of the week (laughs) to be a little bit more. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Like temper, like, you know. No, I'm not dismissing that. I I, I get what you're saying. And I agree with that sentiment. Like Jalen Hurts is not going anywhere. Howie Roseman's not going anywhere. So, yeah, almost by definition, Nick Sirianni. You have also been through. Periods of time when success, for whatever reason, turned dramatic in the building. Uh, yep. That is a that is a history like a, a historical trend under Howie Roseman and like with Jeffrey Lurie. Right, those things happen. There are there are people I think in the building who knows who they are who are probably a little bit 
like the Nick Sirianni antics, like it's great when you're winning. Is this a thing that we really want to be? But they are winning. That's that's my point. But they, but they, the whole thing is if they don't end up winning, if they even, if they have a really bad final month. Even like, in that scenario, they're 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 twelve and five. Like what am I missing here? <laughs> Doug Peterson. But don't you think Doug that Peterson would then got mean dismissed at four eleven okay, and one? But but don't you then think that that would mean all of a sudden here comes the heavy hand? of Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. And Nick Sirianni stays, but we're going to have a much bigger say in your coaching staff. Like, that is the thing that we have seen happen in the past. His wings clipped a little yeah. bit. Yes. I, I, I'm i tr- really trying to, like, and I'm... It's I'm, hard to... Uh, I'm keeping uh, oh, an open this mind. This is a pure and hypothetical. I'm seeing, and I'm seeing, I'm looking at the chat, and I always listen to our customers, and I see John saying, ZB, you're looking at it backwards. And I, I, I'm, I'm seeing, like... I'm seeing I'm seeing some of the sentiment as if like I am missing the point here, and I'm trying not to look. I don't want to be. What's the term that 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 we came upon? Uh, OP optimist. Mm. Um, I'm trying not to be OP optimist. Um, what I'm trying to be is. Uh, Can't believe we forgot Owen the other day. I'm trying to be easy O. I'm trying to be Rexy realist here. Okay. Rexy. Okay. Rexy <laughs> <laughs> trying to be Rexy realist. And Rexy is the R you came up with. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, because actually, you think you're always thinking sexy Rexy. No, I'm not thinking. No, I I'm I'm very well versed in R names. Uh, when we were naming Reed, we were okay. going through R names. And did you uh, you specifically wanted an R? Yeah, I specifically wanted. An Why? R. I'd rather not discuss that on air. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, specifically wanted an R. Um, so in any event, uh. Yeah, so Rex is an and, so, and so Rex was Rexy was no no was the no, one that Rex, lost I, out in the bracket. I, I had pitched Rex, okay. and I, I I got overruled um mm. and on on that pitch. Uh, but yeah yeah Rex Grossman was, I mean Rex yeah. Grossman of Florida was <laughs> You're awesome. Name it yeah. after Rex Grossman. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so I'm trying to be Rexy realist here, mm. okay? And sexy Rexy realist. And what I'm saying is like. I I'm trying I'm trying to keep an open mind to this conversation and look at what am I missing. I also say in that scenario, a 12 and five team, even a 12 and five team that goes two and four in their last six games, or yeah, well, it would be what, two, yeah, two and four in their last six. Yeah, yeah, yeah two and four in their or last two and, six. two and five if they lose in the playoffs. Two and five if they lose in the playoffs and lose to a team that could potentially have like a losing record, well, a losing right. record in the NFC South, like. That's inexcusable, but that's 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 not grounds for dismissal. Nor is it now. Now, what it is is it's like let's let's take a step back and figure out what went wrong here, and, and you shake some things up, and maybe there is kind of a push pull in terms of, hey, this is my staff, you know. But I also think that uh, I just can't see it. Like I I think that. I even, think this is, okay. even in that scenario, you're twelve and five, like twelve and five. There are I know you're not compared. I I know okay, you're Doug comparing Peterson yourself to Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. I and get two it. years later he was fired. Yeah, but he went four eleven and one. Three years later, yeah. Yeah, and he went four eleven and one. Yeah, and after two nine and seven seasons, right? Like 12, 12 and five is pretty effing good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like 12 and, if 12 and 5 is I think I predicted them to go 12 and 5 this year actually. Okay. You want, I mean, you want a pat on the back for that? I don't know. Like, no, I'm saying like I would have said 
I would have said. So then you're saying that they did. They they went to precisely two expectations. Yeah, it's now. I didn't think that it, it like the route that I didn't think they would go to Kansas City and win. Um, I thought they would go to Dallas and lose. I didn't think it would look the way it did. Uh, and certainly, if they lost to Tampa Bay or New Orleans in the first round or Atlanta in the first round, like that's inexcusable. But I also think you say, like you have a 26 year old franchise quarterback, you have blue chip talent. Um, you have a first-round pick and two second-round picks. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You have cap space. You have a coach who's growing. You have, uh, I would say that they'd, they'd be in a really good situation. I think it is extremely far-fetched. <coughs> I, and again, like, this is not, this is not a, a, uh, a proposal that yeah. it should happen. Obviously not. I just think that the thing that we have talked about with Nick Sirianni from the beginning— from that first season was, you know, his style, his personality. There is a possibility that you could see it wearing thin in the building or in the locker room, right? Um, this, like, this relentless energy. Is that always going to be matched? Is that always going to be accepted? And if it seems like, like the, the, the season has cratered to some degree and that dynamic does exist, I, I don't think that Jeffrey Lurie would, would do that. As you said, like they're twelve and five, they're coming off a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I certainly think that it is, you know, you can't change the whole roster, and I don't think he's getting rid of Harry Roseman. So if there was a major change that was going to happen, I think that would be the of the three. I think that is the most likely. Now, now, now to your point. Uh, sorry, I have this like itch in my throat. Uh, to your point, the uh, the one thing that I am kind of keeping an eye on here is here's and, and here's so, one small other thing. Yeah, sorry. Sirianni, we've talked about the game management stuff. This is like the 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 uh, the we know that the organizational philosophy is is to be a little bit more analytically friendly on some of these fourth down decision makings. And I think you can tell that he is not buying into that stuff. I wonder if that is a a point of contention as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I do think they've been more conservative than they need to be. But <coughs> excuse me. To your previous point about messaging. Uh, John Clark always kind of puts out like the, the message that Nick Sirianni gave in his meeting the night before. And it, as I saw the one that he gave, uh, where he talked about the Fab Five and, you know, letting it hang. Oh, my and that God. Kind of thing. I mean, it could, could not have possibly been more up your alley. But he used that same message in 2021 before the Broncos. Beat. Yeah, I was going to say, let and it hang. it's the same thing with, like, dog mentality that, you know, there's an expression that, like, with, with, with college coaches, you can, you know, recycle your speeches every four years because the team turns over, right? Uh, you know, there's, there's, like, this idea that uh, you, you can only push so many buttons. You know, if, if you keep going right. back to the same buttons, the players are going to be like, yeah, I've heard this before. And, by the way, I thought that with Doug Peterson when – you know, there's there's a reason why Doug Peterson's teams were always so good with their like backs against the wall because Doug was at his best with the I don't even want to say the underdog card, but like everyone's counting you out, no one believes because that's kind of how Doug always viewed himself, right? Um, they were much they 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 weren't as good with the uh, you know being the front runners, and and so the point is 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 like you you need to know what buttons to push and if you're pushing the same buttons then people might might uh tune you out but i i'm i i think nick sirianni's a really good coach and uh i mean i i i don't know who the eagles would hire who'd be better to be honest with you 
Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Well, if you uh, if you want to be the beneficiary of the league boning several fans in changing the game from a Sunday to a Monday, maybe they're selling tickets because they can't go, but you can. You're out in the Pacific Northwest. Well, game time is the place for you because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps. And you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Tickets make great holiday gifts. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Zach, let's, uh, let's talk about the defense. Hmm. I got some splits here for you. Pre-buy, post-buy. Okay, so this is the last four games. It's a smaller sample size, but the first nine games versus the last four games. Defensive rush success rate. So they're how they're doing just on a, on a, a play-by-play basis against the run. They were at 63% in uh, the pre-buy, 58% post-buy. Drop-off, but not a huge drop-off. Yards per rush, 3.7, bumped up to 4.8. Uh, first downs per rush, 20.6% before the buy, 32.3% after the buy. Yards, rushing yards per game, 66 before the buy, more than double that mm. after the buy, 156. And then you talk about the pass rush, sacks per game, 3.3 before the buy, 1.75 after the buy. The hit rate went from 16% to 12% which also includes a longer time to throw uh, over the past four games. Now, those have been very good quarterbacks they've been playing. Daniels likes to talk about how, how you know, sacks are a quarterback stat, but if you want to just sort of encapsulate the drop-off of the defensive line, which I think we have seen with our eyes, I think that sort of tells that story. It's a good point. And I, I, I do think that the pass rush is, is where you start. And, well, I shouldn't even say the pass rush, the defensive line overall, because you, you had run stats in there as well. Uh, <coughs> sorry. This team is built around – this defense is, is built around their front. That's where their resources are invested. That's the draft picks, cap space. Like, that's, that's the priority here. So, as I, as I see it, they're, they're not getting enough. And, by the way, in the locker room, that sentiment was explicitly shared by Josh Sweat. Um, and he was more referring to the pass game, but it is clear that their run defense is not the same. So what are the factors that, that, that go into this? Well, one, better competition, right? I, I mean, you faced, now, you, you faced San Francisco, who, who can really run the ball well. Buffalo can't really run the ball well. Um, Kansas City can, I, I, I suppose, but... Uh, yeah, since the bye, you're you're facing better teams. That's that's number one. Uh, number two, it could be what we've talked about in terms of personnel issues. 
we've identified the personnel issues at linebacker. Um, the defensive front, they've had some guys in and out of the lineup. I don't think that's much of an excuse. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I just think they, they need to play better. And I, I don't have a good rationale or a good reason for it. I am as flummoxed but or as perplexed by the playing time distribution, and we've harped on it the past few weeks. I think those guys are worn down. Uh, in particular, another thing where I think you could argue the coaching staff is not doing what the front office would want them to do. Oh, you're right about that. You're right. I mean, Nolan Smith is the number 30 pick. The Eagles did not draft him to be a bit player. Now, he played more last night, 21 but, snaps last night, yeah. season high by a long shot. Um, but those edge rushers are exhausted right now. You, you can see that. Um, they're they all look exhausted. Even yeah. on offense, I think everybody looks exhausted. Yeah, which is now I understand this is a tough stretch, but like they're being managed during the week in practice. Um, their their bye was not too long ago. They were off that whole week. I don't have a good answer for it, other than some spots they some spots they are older, right? Uh, but I just think that the uh, I don't want to say the weight of having to win every week. But I, I do think you you wear that like, um, and and not to say that that you show up against the uh, against the Patriots or the Jets or like a, the Giants and, and think you can just you can just walk all over them, but this stretch here, I've seen it firsthand. It is wearing on these guys, and that could be a factor as well. Do you have hope for the defense? Do I hope for the de- well? I'll, real quick, entrepreneur two one five super chat says we're over invested in the in the D line. Need to show up. I don't think we're. O- I, I don't think the Eagles are over invested in the in, in the D line. But I think I think you can make the case that they are. I but, definitely think you. Can I don't make think the they're getting the return are. on their investment from the D line. Right, and yeah. I think that well, I think that speaks to the diminishing okay. returns. I mean, so is 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 there hope for the defense? Yes, there is hope for the defense for sure. Like, I mean. When this defense plays against the Giants, and whether it's it's Tyrod Taylor or Tommy DeVito, hey, <laughs> they're gonna feast. Okay, um, when they face, but what, even if that's true, who cares? Well, that's fair. But you look at the season over the aggregate, right? Like like over the length of it, and uh, like Hassan Reddick has 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 what eleven sacks right now. Uh, we're going to pick our, our head up on January 8th, I think is the last game. He's going to have 15 sacks. And it's going to be like, man, a 15-sack season again from this guy? Um, Great. And then they're going to go into the playoffs, and they're going to play a good team, and they're going to get two sacks, and it's not going to matter. Okay. And then that's, that's a real conversation. And that's where you say that's where the Eagles are right now. Is it doesn't matter what you do against – 75% of the team, or, or, or even 85% of the league. It's what you do against that top 15%. And that, that comes with being as good as they are. At, welcome to the big leagues. Like, that's the expectations. Those are the expectations, I, 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 I should say. But uh, when you say, can this defense be better? I don't know if this defense can be better against San Francisco. Uh, now, what you need to do, like, when I look at that Kansas City game, for instance, in the, in the Kansas City game, the Chiefs dropped a potential touchdown, turned the ball over twice, in, you know, in the, in the, in the red zone, right? Um, 
what you need is some turnover variance to go in, in, in your direction. In that Dallas game, I think the Eagles fumbled three times and they recovered each one of them. The first the, one, the, yeah. The, yeah, the, the first Dallas game. Yes. So what you need is some luck to go in your favor. Honestly, uh, that is like that is the the most uh, tr- uh, the, the the correct mix of Opie optimist and Rexy realist. <laughs> okay, is that if you want to say like things are going to turn around, it's that the red zone all of a sudden went back the other direction mm-hmm. and the turnovers went back the other direction. If you get a if you get a little bit of a yeah. positive bump there, like all of a sudden things will look a little bit better. But you're going to need that in the playoffs too, probably. Yeah, for sure. Abs- absolutely. And, and, and so I, I guess I hate to say, like, you, you need luck to go in, in your direction. But that's, I, I think that's how they beat a team like San Francisco or that's how they beat a team uh, like Dallas is you just need a few of those breaks to go your way. Uh, you need that deflected pass to be caught. You need that fumble to bounce into your hands instead of the other team's hands. You need the penalty flag to go against them on you know third and on on third and two and and and, and push them back it's like if you're in buffalo this morning right uh, it's all oh, sean mcdermott uh they they he had this real gutsy win and the bill season saved like the chiefs won that game basically you know tony lined up uh they didn't yeah but 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 that's my point well, the bills would have got the ball back yeah so okay fair over. but yeah. but I'm, I'm i'm saying like like that's that's the, that's but my that's point. like saying the chiefs won the game against the eagles exactly that's exactly what i said in, okay. in, in in that post-game show like i've been pointing to this 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 win against the chiefs the eagles went to kansas city and they won that's like a a signature win i'm pointing to that as an example of how they can beat the top teams in the NFL. And I know Kansas City's record doesn't say that, but that's a top team in the, in, in the NFL. Well, they benefited from the, from a drop touchdown pass, basically, and two, and two turnovers in the red zone. When they came back against Dallas, or, or, or I'm sorry, when they held off Dallas, uh, and they did come back there, but when they held... Uh, Dallas off. They benefited from the fumbles coming in in their yes. direction, uh, and I I can point to a handful. If Gabe of Davis games. turns the right way, if Ron Rivera goes for two at the end exactly. of regulation, absolutely. So, they, I mean, they could they could be six and seven. Yeah. So they've so San Francisco just destroyed them. Like I I know the Eagles had a defensive touchdown yesterday, but they were just outmatched by by uh, the 49 uh, oh, I'm sorry by the Cowboys so I I view this all as a way of saying if some luck variance bounces in their direction then that's what the, that that's the reason for optimism for the defense I think the defense is the reason that they are merely an above average team right now but I think the offense is the unit that needs to uh like them getting back to their proper level is more important. Let me ask you this real quick. Um, the graphic we had before, hot seat with Sirianni's picture on it. If that was Sean Desai's picture on it, what would you say? I think he is. I mean, I, I, I think that he has done more with less than his predecessor. But, I mean, the expectations are high here. And, like, the standard is high. And if they're going to finish the season 32nd in – third down defense and be a bottom five defense in the league over the course of the season, then I don't know that, that he's going to get another shot. You know, I think, I think, uh, you know, I, first of all, it's not like he was Sirianni's guy. Right. And so if, if the hammer was going to be coming down from above on somebody, I think that that's possible. Um, I think that he is more of a victim of circumstance, 
But if there is maybe there's some tension over the the defensive line rotation, something like that, or guys playing, like it does feel like uh, we've talked a lot about the he's inviting variance into things, and you know, it's been variance on the on the the low side the past few weeks. But it does feel like as much as he tries. It doesn't always put guys in the in the best position. Certainly not these past few weeks. Now I was yeah. praising him earlier this year. I mean, yeah, my, I mean if you have to play Nicholas Morrow eighty yeah. percent of the snaps, that's a, that's a problem. So if 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 you're Nick Sirianni, and do I think that the Eagles would have won that game in Dallas with Christian Ellis? I think they might have. <laughs> I'm not going down that road. I just I mean I, yeah. I, I can't definitively say that they wouldn't have. I can. Uh, I can't definitively say it, but I can. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, if Jeffrey Lurie, if, if, if that scenario that you outlined plays out, they go two and two, they lose in the first round of the playoffs, and Jeffrey Lurie meets with, and Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman meet with Nick Sirianni in the year and say, you need to shake up this coaching staff. You need to make coordinator change. Which coordinator is more likely to be replaced? I mean, my gut reaction is to sigh only because Sirianni's been with Brian Johnson longer, and I feel like he would have more loyalty. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would think to sigh as, as well. I also think like it's 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 the it's the funny duality that you've talked about how Brian Johnson, you know, the fan base wants him fired, and like eight other owners want to hire him as their as their head coach. Like, I I would also say this: if they fired Brian Johnson, and I, I know there's like some some sentiment to do that. The offense doesn't change. It's still Nick Sirianni's offense. Well, and that is part of the, you know, worst case scenario hot seat yeah. for Sirianni. Like the offense, the structure of the offense is not great. Like the things that we know the Eagles care about being on like the vanguard of, of offensive innovation, the fact that they are dead last in the league in, in motion rate and they're not using that at all. I think that's probably a thing that they care about. Like I think they care about his in-game management. I think they care about the fact that they're paying all this money for AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard and they're going to pay Devontae Smith all this money and those guys can't get open. Like they have to make contested catches. Why is that? Well, I would say, you know, they incorporated more motion last night, and it kind of reminded me of that 2020 season when they Skangs. were like, Yeah, when they Skango. were obsessed with, with yeah. the Kyle Shanahan play action, and it just, like, didn't. We are gathered here today at the marriage of the pass game and the run game. <laughs> yeah, and it just, it just didn't fit what they were doing. Like, yeah. like, they were running all this motion last night, and then running the same plays off of it, it seemed like, you know? So it wasn't really doing, it, it wasn't really doing much. Uh I'm I'm with you there. I I I don't think the look. I, I think I think a lot of what this offense is is built upon is our guys are better than your guys, and like we have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, and you can't cover all three of them. And the numbers support that. Jalen Hurts throws to like the uh, the least open receivers and the second least open receivers in the league by the advanced metrics. Now, some of that is by yeah. choice. That's Jalen Hurts' decision to throw those balls to AJ Brown and tight coverage. Yeah. But I also think that is a little bit descriptive of the offense. But I, I think what what Dallas was was doing last night is is we're going to throw a lot of different things at. Jalen Hurts. We're going to blitz sometimes. We're going to vary some cover. You know, we're, we're going to muddy this look for Jalen Hurts. And, 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 you know, we're going to force him to either get rid of that ball quicker than he wants or think a split second longer than he wants here. 
And during that split second, we have Micah Parsons, and we, you know, and he's he's coming around the edge. And if Jalen has to get rid of the ball quickly, then we're confident that Gilmore can tackle, or 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 we're confident that that we can muddy these passing lanes. So uh, that's what I saw last night. Now I haven't gone back and watched the game yet. I've been traveling today, uh, but I imagine when I watch it back, it'll confirm my early suspicions. All right, let's uh, quickly run down. Goose Wisely and the roster draft. Goose Wisely. Uh, Chris Collinsworth makes or cites a case uh, affirmatively for Dak Prescott winning MVP. Now, I don't, I don't think he did this. He mentioned okay. him in the MVP conversation. I'm happy to be corrected here if somebody has a clip, <coughs> but he did not really make the supportive case for Dak Prescott. Uh, I had Shaq Leonard leaves the game with an injury. Did not happen. You had Shaq Leonard has more tackles than total touchdowns in this game. I had Shaq Leonard has fewer tackles than total touchdowns in this game. Shaq Leonard had two tackles. There were more touchdowns than that, so one nothing me. You had Dallas Goddard as one of the top two Eagles in receiving yards. Finished third behind the two receivers. I had there is a Cowboys player with more than one sack. Did not happen. Golden Egg was on the CeeDee Lamb has more receiving yards than Eagles rushing yards or fewer. CeeDee Lamb had 71 receiving yards. The Eagles ran for 106 yards. That is two points for me, 3 nothing me. You had the Eagles lose the coin toss. They won the coin toss and chose to kick. I had the Cowboys' third down conversion rate is higher than the Eagles' red zone conversion rate. Cowboys over 50% on third down. Eagles 0% in the red zone. That is 4 nothing me. You had Micah Parsons has fewer sacks plus quarterback hits than Hassan Reddick. I had he has more. That's one for you. Hassan Reddick, two sacks in the game, one for Micah Parsons. You had the Eagles lose by double digits. You got that. I had Julio Jones' number of receiving yards is greater than the hour in Eastern time. Zach's postgame show appearance, you uh, appeared on the 12 o'clock hour, which is more than the zero for Mm -hmm. Julio Jones. So you're making a comeback here, four to two. He did not come last night. (laughs) I meant Julio was coming. (laughs) You know what I mean, Bo. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, let's 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 keep going. Let's keep rolling here. <laughs> sorry, Julio. <laughs> you had Nolan Smith plays fewer defensive snaps than Jake Elliott has points. I had he plays more defensive snaps. He played 21 snaps. That's a win. Five two for me. I go up. <laughs> Eight to four on the season, and that means that the, it was enough of a uh, uh, margin there that the Collinsworth one doesn't come into play. So that's nice. And then as for the roster draft, I had the entire Cowboys team except for the Eagles safeties. You had the entire Eagles team except for the Cowboys safeties. I think in a, in an exercise that can never really truly be determined, this time we can actually say that I won that one. You did win that one, yes. <laughs> that's where you just have to keep rolling, okay? Like, I didn't say anything. You, you made it a bigger deal by, like, you know what I meant. It was, it, like, by the way, just as... as Listen, <laughs> we know you know where all these guys live. I don't know what your report, how in-depth your reporting is. Okay. <laughs> all right. Real time, Super Chat 499. Uh, how can Sirianni be so aggressive on defense? But have passive defensive philosophies is the style of defense organizational. Uh, I, I would say the only thing organizational about the defense is the approach with the defensive line. Like the roster building is organizational, but they've been pretty fluid in terms of scheme. Like they let Gannon run his scheme. Gannon's scheme was different than Jim Schwartz's scheme. 
right? Jim Schwartz's scheme was different than Bill Davis's scheme. Bill Davis's scheme was different than Juan Castillo's scheme. Juan Castillo's scheme had a variance off of Sean McDermott's scheme. Sean McDermott's Even scheme. you forget about Todd Bowles pulling well, a Michael Hendricks. Well, well, you, well, I, I know. I'm just... You're losing it. You're, you're, you're. I'm so tired. And I, I'm not sick anymore. <laughs> this cough, man. Got a basketball I, game tonight. <laughs> Just got to find out how many little Julios are running around. That was embarrassing. I, you know what I meant. The, for those who are uninitiated, I, I once said Julio is coming as in like Julio Jones is going to have a big game. Okay? And what I meant is Julio Jones did not have that big game last night. But I still believe that game is in him. That's all I'm saying. You do? Yes. You're still sticking to that. I'm still sticking to it. Julio Jones is the best receiver in my generation. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean <laughs> anything about what he can do now. We shall see. There's, there's no, we have seen. <laughs> there's four games left. What in your... <laughs> how would you define Julio has come? <laughs> what is the benchmark? Two over catches for nine yards? Over 60 like, yards in a game. Over 60 yards in a game? Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> if Julio Jones has over 60 yards in a game, let you think about what you want me to do for you. Okay. We'll figure that out. Okay. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the PHOY <laughs> Eagles podcast. We are back tomorrow at, I believe, 2 p.m. We're going to have Baldy, and then we're figuring out our schedule with Fletcher Cox since the Eagles have an extra day of practice this week. I'm not sure yet if it will be Tuesday or Wednesday, but we'll talk to him this week. We have a full week of shows. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Looking forward to that. So uh, lots to talk about as the Eagles prepare for what is all of a sudden a, another monumental game, the closing of this six-game stretch on Monday night in Seattle. For Zach and Julia, we thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. We all silly like the mayor. 